we're in business. Hi, and welcome to Slices, the Deep Dish Swift podcast. Deep Dish Swift is a Supreme Swift development conference being served in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd, 2023. On this podcast, we'll be chatting with the organizers and speakers of the conference. We're Kaya Malin, and in this episode, we're chatting with Ariel McKeeley, who is the founder and CEO of App Figures, and of course, a speaker at the Deep Dish Swift conference. Hi! Hello. How are you doing, Ariel? I am pretty good. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. good. Thank, you. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. This is going to be fun. Um, I can already sense it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited to be talking to you because I think I have seen you speaking at multiple conferences, but it's been online, so I've never actually been interacting with you at the conferences <laughs> in, in person. So it's awesome to to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we also just talked about before before we started recording that I checked my inbox and that I've been getting emails from you since 2018 about various app figures things. So it's, it's fun for this to actually be a two-way conversation now. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It is. Also, I do like, the, this is a little bit behind the scenes, but I do like our new intro. And the first iteration of this intro, we didn't mention when the conference is i think this is this is works much better <laughs> this is good yeah yeah I, I think it's a good idea to tell people when also to right? remind me because i always forget when these things happen and a week before i'll be like when is this conference happening like, oh i have a ticket already great I'm jumping on a plane in a week <laughs> well, speaking of tickets that's actually something we maybe should also have an intro you can still get tickets for the conference if anyone's interested and thinks they if they want to go to a conference which you should you should be excited for uh, you can get uh, tickets and we have links in the show notes um, so how many conferences are you going to Ariel this year oh I have no idea I already did a couple I have I think there are a few more here so I'm in New York City and New York City is not well known for its app store optimization Usually the, the conferences, <laughs> which is a shame. We should have more of those. But there are two, I believe, happening over the next few months. There is one in England I'm going to, Deep Dish I'm going to. So probably four or five, maybe six. Oh, cool. Depends. Yeah, it's going to be fun. You, are you speaking at all of them? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> You're going to be busy. Oh, yeah. I, I love speaking at conferences. And the virtual conferences, they're nice, but they're not the same. I used to do a ton of conferences yeah. pre-COVID. And when you go on stage, there's just this uh, this energy that flows, and you get to see people, and you get to talk to them. And my kind of talks are usually non-technical. I talk about business. I talk about marketing, the kind of stuff <laughs> that most people <laughs> don't care much for in those conferences. Like, uh, okay, maybe I need to do this. Let's talk. Let's be friends. <laughs> okay, we should. Definitely should. I'm not going to teach you how to program. I am going to teach you how to make more money. And people <laughs> usually like that. So I find my place in those conferences. Yeah. yeah. No, that kind we, of gets us into into questions about you. Uh, mm, so, what sure. do you do <laughs> apart from giving talks at conferences? Uh, <laughs> you 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 started App Figures. How do you get into that? What 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 do you do? So, I am the co-founder and CEO of App Figures, which is a title I didn't have for many years. I was very reluctant to put CEO on my title. <laughs> I just wanted to be a co-founder. <laughs> I'm doing things. And when you start a company, you just do kind of everything. And that's where I started. <laughs> so I run the company with my brother, Oz, who's the brain mm -hmm. behind really everything user experience. <laughs> He's amazing. If you see a button on the side that you like, it's because he designed it. If you see something you don't like, it's probably because I designed it way back in the day. <laughs> that's usually how it is. And there aren't a lot of those anymore. But we started because we had a company that made websites. And then we kind of evolved. This is way back in the day. We've been around for, mm -hmm. we're going to celebrate 14 years next month, oh, wow. which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. congrats. Thank you. Thank you. So in uh, 2000, 
2007-ish, even a little bit before, we, my brother and I, were building websites, and then eventually that kind of evolved into games on the web using Flash. Oh, cool. That technology. (laughs) Yeah. And the iPhone came out, we're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Let's try to make games for the iPhone, because that's really what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Make games for ourselves and be successful. So we made a game, and we had no idea if it was successful. Back in 2008, (laughs) there were no analytics. That was a one file you could download. It was in this weird format (laughs) called TSV. No one really knew what to do with it. So I said, I'm a numbers guy. I need to have numbers. I need to know if this is the future for us. So I put together a little program, and I ran it on my computer. And I showed it to a few friends who were also getting into iPhone development back in 2008, mm-hmm. beginning of 2009. Like, wow, we need this. Can you make this available to us? It's like, no, this is a local app running on my computer. I like websites. Like, so build a website. We don't care. Like, just give me a way to use this. Like, okay, I'll spend the weekend. I'll do a thing. People will be happy. And that weekend has never ended. I've been doing this weekend for the last 14 years, and I love every aspect of it. I get to talk to tons of developers who are trying to figure out how to make money. I get to talk to tons of developers who figured out how to make money. And in Mm. between, I learned so many things, and I love sharing them, whether it's on stage, through my newsletters. I have two newsletters through my videos. I just did a live stream on ChatGPT for you, so a question a bunch Mm. of people are curious about. And I wasn't really sure how it was going to go because it's like, can AI do this? Will AI do this? And the answer (laughs) is absolutely no. It's not going to do anything for you. It can really help you. It can streamline things. And I showed how to do that and kind of my my, uh, way of integrating it into my workflow. I love ChatGPT. It's such a good tool if you know how to use it. Do you use it for a lot? We're already getting sidetracked. But do you use ChatGPT (laughs) a lot for for different things you're writing? I do. I don't use it for the creative aspect of it because I mm-hmm. have, my tone is so different than I think most writing, mm-hmm. and I hate the concept of fluff. It's, if I'm writing, yeah. it might as well be yeah. a whole lot of value and, and no you know, BS in the, in the middle, mm-hmm. and it can't do that. It's trained on you know, <laughs> fluff. But yeah. I do like it for getting ideas, for maybe getting a different point of view. It does an mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. job at changing the tone of things. So if you give it something mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah. boring – and you know how to tell to make it interesting, it will do yeah. something that I can then use and maybe tweak a tiny bit. And in five minutes, I made my content a little bit better. I also like to experiment with it and uh, change things that I know I'm going to A-B test. So is titles it? for yeah, videos, cool. for example. But I always end up tweaking them just a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what I was surprised about, we use it a lot for localization. Even in languages that I've we speak. i heard about that. Uh, <laughs> because Marlin, Marlin speaks Swedish. Marlin is Swedish. I'm, I speak mm-hmm. German. Uh, from Germany but it is sometimes hard if you've like had your entire tech career in in English in the English speaking world Mm -hmm. right we Mm -hmm. we left Germany and Sweden fairly soon uh, after we finished high school Um, there are a lot of words that you can you can translate into your native language but it's hard to know the iOS uh, terminology Mm -hmm. right because Mm -hmm. those are not necessarily one-to-one translations they're very specific words that iOS uses for location services right but Chat ChatGPT actually knows most of them, so it's often yeah. doing a very good job of just giving you a rough translation that you can then tweak a little bit and change the tone. Hmm. But just getting getting all the all the words right in in the language you're translating to, I've not seen a tool that it as well as ChatGPT. That's crazy. I should be doing more of that. I don't do enough localization for my content, and I started working with people to do localization. It's just it's so much work, and we <laughs> produce so yeah. much content, yeah. but. That could be very interesting. I also learn yeah. a lot using ChatGPT. So if there's a concept I'm not too sure about, I'll throw it mm-hmm. in and tell it to teach me like I'm a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. 
just mm-hmm. so I can get the high level kind of summary about it. And usually mm-hmm. it does a pretty good job. Sometimes yeah. it gives me total gibberish, things that sound <laughs> right but are yeah. completely inaccurate. But for the most part, it's, it's pretty good. I think it's valuable if you, you, you shouldn't go in completely blind because then you can't really tell no. what, is, what should be dis- uh, discarded as like completely <laughs> yeah. incorrect information. So I think having like a sense of like having some idea of uh, the starting point, then you can sort of filter out what nonsense it spits out yeah. along the way. It's as kind well. of fun for yeah, programming exactly. when it makes up APIs that don't <laughs> exist. It's like, hey, can you make this in Swift UI? It's like, here you go. It's like, that API does not mm-hmm. exist. And it, if you tell it that API doesn't exist, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it is fascinating. Uh, Have you played with yeah. um, Whisper? The OpenAI uh, audio transcription. I haven't project? yet, because I think I that would be yet. good good for for some of your content to mm-hmm. to get automatic transcriptions. I mean, again, yeah, they really probably cool. need to be tweaked, but it's it's surprisingly good. I use it for when I edit this podcast. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. specific sections that I know. Oh, I want to edit that out, so I just run it through Whisper. I use uh, Yordi's app, Mac Whisper, uh, mm-hmm. and I just find the timestamp and just go in there just so I don't forget mm-hmm. it and. I, Kind of nice. helps you just just to find places. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so many interesting things <laughs> that it can do. I want to get back to your story. Um, so you you were um, so then you released. Was, did you call it App Figures already back then yep. when you gave it to your friends? Or yeah, so yeah. we launched App Figures officially in. Well, so I I came up with the idea. I love building platforms. This is not my first platform. My most successful by far. Not even comparable to anything before. But I was I've been building companies for a long time with my mm. brother. And I really wanted to build something that could just be accessible to everyone. When it comes to data, people are really afraid of data in a sense. It's intimidating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why would I need to know my trends? Although language (laughs) is kind of intimidating. And back in the day, it was even worse. So we decided we're just going to make it as simple as possible. And that will be the whole thing. One clicks, you know, a few reports, something that will make life very simple. So you can make those decisions that people have to make. Because it is a business. Every app is a business, even if it's mm-hmm. only indie. It's your you know, nights and weekends. It's however much time you have you're going to spend mm-hmm. on it. You might as well mm-hmm. spend it wisely. And so we launched it in 2019, in March of 2019. Or 2009, mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> My years are all over the place. It's been so long, you know? And uh, in the beginning, we were free for just a few months. But we knew for, uh, for sure that we did not want to be a freemium platform that sells your data and does you know, all the things mm-hmm. that... Platforms used to do in 2009 to get venture capital. And -hmm. we said, can we just self-fund ourselves and get to a point where we're profitable and grow from there? So we can try. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And luckily, it worked. So we put on a paid model in, I want to say, August of 2009, and a lot of serious companies started joining us. And they Mm -hmm. said, now that you're charging money, we understand that you're going to be around for a while. like, okay, amazing. (laughs) Can I please charge you more? (laughs) <laughs> the answer was a never yes, but the results were actually yes. And that's uh, kind of the origin story of this. We grew and grew, adding more features, more tools, really to that's help cool. people connect the dots. Yeah. And have you have you still not raised any money? You, everything's we have not. Luckily, we have that's, been that's uh, completely funded by revenue. We're growing. We're hiring. We're in New York City, which is not inexpensive. <laughs> and we are, we're trying to build something that we would want to use as, you know, developers from 14 mm-hmm. years ago, and we would be mm-hmm. proud of ourselves. And we have discovered that really, if you introduce anything else into the mix, it takes away from that. And we don't want that to happen. So until we absolutely have to, we're fine. Mm. <laughs> that well, that's sense. great. 
What is your favorite yeah. uh, app figures feature at the moment? If you talk to someone and they're like, "Hey, give me <laughs> give me one thing that 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 I will absolutely love if I sign up for app figures," what what do you say? Oh, very easy. So I do a lot of app store optimization, and Keyword Inspector is my favorite tool. Everyone knows this. I write about it. I talk about it. <laughs> it gives you the results of searches from any app store in the world in any device and with a whole bunch of overlays, so you can get an idea of what's going on and. One of the uh, the easy questions that people ask me when they see me is, oh, these results don't make any sense. Why? Why? Why am I not number one <laughs> mm -hmm, for, my, mm -hmm. for my keyword? I put it in the name. And they didn't. They put it in the subtitle, and they have no downloads, and they have no ratings. And with Keyword Inspector, you can easily type it in and be like, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> Done. And then the question really is, cool. what do I do? Yeah. yeah. And the answer is, go read my content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really like, I mean, it's just probably a simpler feature, but the uh, being tracking whether your app is featured on the App Store. Because I think yeah. App Figures is such a carry of good news, right? When you get that, <laughs> that notification, it's like, hey, you're featured in the App Store. You're usually probably the first person or the first service that tells, like an indie developer, right? If you work on your app mm -hmm. tirelessly all summer mm -hmm. to support all new APIs, and then you at, after launch, you get that that notification, I think that would that would be pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. And we um we can see we can see into the future by a few hours for in some cases, which people <laughs> seem to really really enjoy. It's yeah. I think one of our probably favorite indie features in the platform. <laughs> yeah, Indies will actually cool. pay for this. They wouldn't pay for a lot of other things, but for this, they will pay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what does your day to day look like now? I mean, it's probably very different today from what it was in two thousand nine. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't say I remember much of 2009. I think a lot of it was done <laughs> building. Um, I love building things even in my free time. I build stuff and I make stuff. I'm messing around with a laser cutter right now and a small CNC oh, just for so fun. Oh, we've been, so, we also been getting into a local makerspace and we're also nice. playing a bit with a laser cutter sure. at the moment. There's just so much, there's a like certain kind of magic when you want something and you can't just buy it so you can go and yeah. make yeah. it. And that's yeah. kind yeah. of how I got into it. That's cool. But I try to kind of bring that same aspect. I do it a lot less now with coding specifically, but uh, it's a lot about guiding. And I like the idea of not being the smartest person in the room, especially when the room is full of people who work together on my team. So mm -hmm. I try to enrich them. I do a lot of, I teach people history. I think that would be my <laughs> current title, history teacher. Because they're just, <laughs> our, our entire industry is so young, but at the same time, there's just so much that has happened in such a short amount of time that if you're new to it, you may not know. A lot of developers mm -hmm. these days don't know the days before Swift, which I think <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> and uh, and I think in a year or two, we're going to have developers who don't know a world without Swift UI, which is also crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I do a lot of that these days. I manage a lot. I lead. But my main job is always connecting between our members and our product. That's always been my passion. And the content that I put out is actually a way to do that because when I tell people how to run their business, when I give them advice, they actually write back and they tell me if that works. Yeah. Yeah. And then I take that and I, I can communicate that to the team. We can come up with more features and more things that we can do to make the product just fit more people. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot yeah. of fun. I really, really enjoy that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. How many people do you work with now? Uh, we're about 20, 20 plus. Oh, well. And we're hiring. We're a small but very, uh, very powerful team. <laughs> and in terms of the content, how do you decide... Like what to what to talk about in your in your live streams and what what to write about? Uh, is it sort of do you do you look at the landscape and look what 
what people are after or is it just what you're what you feel for sharing it's a combination um, a bunch of it comes from questions that people ask me or questions that I see on Twitter or in general mm -hmm. on Reddit, things that concern people. When the pandemic started, we shared a lot of data on what's happening on big, big trends. Are apps losing money? Are apps making money? And that was a big thing. That actually kickstarted a whole newsletter for me that I write every week. Mm -hmm. And I actually just hit send on before we started recording. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a lot of that. And I see common mistakes all the time when I talk to developers, I started a series called Keyword Teardowns, mostly because people told me this keyword makes no sense. Why am I not number one? <laughs> and I just had to explain to them how I my workflow for understanding who should be number one and how can we reverse engineer that. <laughs> and now I think we're on episode 93. I think I just oh, wow. finished uh, the 93rd <laughs> one, which oh. is just amazing. So a lot of it comes from feedback. I try to answer questions for the most part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what is the do you do you have a general advice for people that like, hey, I want to start optimizing? Where do I start? Oof. It a lot of it really depends on what it is that you're optimizing and what point you're starting from. But one of the things that I get asked about a lot is how long does it take to optimize? How much effort do I need to put right, yep. in? Mm -hmm. And there's really no answer to that because it's however much money, however much time you're willing to spend <laughs> at the end of the day. It's not paid ads, so If you yeah. want to spend an hour a week trying to do some keyword research and maybe modify the name of your app, great. If you want to spend a day a month, great. If you want to spend an hour a month, that can also be useful. Mm -hmm. So I would say start by figuring out how, how, well, how deep you want to go into it. And then I wrote a bunch of different guides on where to get started. And I kind of target them that way. So mm -hmm. those are all available. <laughs> <laughs> Put the links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. And um, so back to your day-to-day, -day. are you working in an office at the moment or are you all remote? We're kind of hybrid. So we were all in the office here in New York mm -hmm. City, pre-pandemic. There's a certain kind of magic that only happens when everyone is in the office. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. pandemic made us, of course, go all work remotely, even though we're within a few miles of each other. <laughs> But as we evolved now, we started hiring outside of New York City. So we have employees in a whole bunch of states uh, mm -hmm. between all the coasts both coasts of the, of the U.S. And mm -hmm. so we're kind of a hybrid right now. We don't have any you-have-to-be-in-the-office policy, but we do have an office, and I do go twice, three times a week. Depends. Mm -hmm. So a combination. Uh, what roles are you hiring for at the moment? We have roles on our growth team, which is marketing, working with me on content. Surprise. Mm -hmm. We <laughs> have uh, development roles. We have, what else do we have? Data science roles. Pretty much everything you can think of. Every team <laughs> that we have probably needs a person. All right. Uh, have you been to Chicago before? I have not. A oh, part of really? my team was yeah. on. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I already know a few things that I need to do. There's some sort of a tour that I have to go on, I was told. But a part of our team had an offsite here. Different teams in mm -hmm. our company have different offsites. Mm -hmm. And they had an offsite in Chicago a few months ago. And they said, you have to go to all these places. So I have a list <laughs> of stuff. I may have to stay an extra day just to see all the sites. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was convinced that, that that will be an easy yes. You're so close <laughs> to Chicago. I thought there was a, it was absolutely yeah, I think, no. I just think, never had a chance. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the first person we've been talking to who has not been to Chicago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Podcast I mean, over. Just, That's it. Is, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Josh brings up. I mean, we have never been to Chicago either, so uh, oh. I have, I have <laughs> okay. no idea what this will be like. Um, so I'm I'm super excited to go to Chicago. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. 
Have you had deep dish pizza before? I have. Okay. <laughs> With Josh, I think the last time I had deep dish pizza. Was this in September? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was that epic picture. So how do you feel about deep dish pizza? You know, it's no New York City pizza. So for me, it's a little <laughs> bit different. I don't know if I would call it pizza. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I don't know about pizza. Yeah, yeah. You're you're probably the best person to ask about deep dish pizza. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of lot of sort of controversy between or like rivalry almost between Chicago pizza and New York style pizza. I'm very open. I'm I'm not against the deep dish style of pizza. It just it's not exactly pizza. It's something else. Give it a better name and we're good to go. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Pizza is open. <laughs> But speaking of deep dish, um, so mm -hmm. for, for the deep dish conference, um, yep. you're giving a talk in the indie track. Uh, what are mm -hmm. you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about App Store optimization. I think that's the hottest topic, one of the biggest ones that indies have to get into. They're just It's, it's <laughs> not a, a question anymore. Last year, maybe it was a question. Two years ago, okay, I can see why you would think my competitors are not exactly doing it, but it just everyone is doing it. It's not that mm. difficult. It's kind of a given at this point that you would at least be thinking that way. So I'm going to cover everything that I know in not many minutes. We'll see how that <laughs> will go. That's my plan. It's probably going to be five minutes of me talking and 40 minutes of me answering questions. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I think I think that is uh, it's a good point that it is like your talk is in the indie dev um, track. And I think... Mm -hmm. um, all indie developers, I think, don't really think of that, um, the marketing aspect or the optimization <laughs> aspect of their product. And I think it can often be very daunting to get over that and to uh, to, to get started with thinking in that way. So I, I do think like just having someone talk about it and encouraging you to, to take that step can be really helpful. That's my goal. <laughs> I think especially as indie developers, it's often an easy cope out of the marketing things is to just build yet another feature yeah right whenever mm -hmm. you're whenever you're like oh i Absolutely. should write my marketing copy and just you're stuck you immediately go back to xcode and you just build <laughs> another feature <laughs> uh, exactly I think the users need this yeah. who knows but uh, i want this i'm building what i want and then you have the excuse that like once i've built this i have better copy i can write because <laughs> yeah. i can write about this feature right and then you sit down and try to write about the feature and then it's still hard <laughs> yep yeah i mean maybe we're, that's we're... what chat gpt is going to help with just write about <laughs> features yeah we're, yep. we're, we mon and i we're, we're terrible at it we um <laughs> we have we have one app that's a weather app the other one is an invoice and time tracking app Every time I mm -hmm. had to send an invoice uh, with Orbit, <laughs> I would start writing the invoice. It's like, oh, there are a whole bunch of things I don't like. Go back into <laughs> Xcode, uh, spend four hours changing the feature, optimizing things, ch changing the layout <laughs> of the generated PDFs. And, and then I go back and be like, cool, now I actually have a better build to send the invoice from, find another thing. It took me... When we just launched our product, it took me eight hours to send one invoice because I would <laughs> spend a whole workday tweaking things. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. The yeah. funniest thing so is I... you see other companies invoicing on an Excel sheet. I know. And somehow that works. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I, that's why I really like talks that are... I mean, I do like technical talks, but I really enjoy talks that are pushing on the other aspects of mm -hmm. app development, right? Because I do yeah. think... Um, the 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 other parts are often 
what you need to get out of your general mindset of like I, I can I can write Swift, I can build features, right? But seeing a talk about how to how to get started with optimization, I'm like, hey, I should actually give this a shot. And I mm -hmm. think yeah. as with so many things, uh, I mean, it's the same with programming, right? Getting started with yeah. programming is often the hardest step. Once you're mm -hmm. getting into it, it's like, hey, this is actually not too hard. I can now <laughs> lay things out and you just learn from there. And I think it's the same for marketing. It's the same for app store uh, optimization. Once you get started, you already made one of the biggest steps. And then you just keep mm -hmm. going. You learn more. You you improve. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed those those types of talks. It just gets you out of your mindset and uh, uh, forces you forces you <laughs> to experience <laughs> something new that, that you forces can you get to better. make more money yeah <laughs> yep oh no oh no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah but it's good when the worst case scenario is you make some more money <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so how, I'm gonna how tweet is... this it's good when the worst case scenario is you make more money <laughs> Um, so you you mentioned earlier. I don't I don't know if it was in the recording or before we started. You mentioned that you're going to, um, I think five at least five different conferences. Um, yep. How do you how do you prepare for all the conferences? Uh, what does your sort of process look like to get everything organized for that? I don't really have a process for the most part. <laughs> I usually have each conference of the talk is just a little bit different because the audience is just a little bit different or it's a mm -hmm. lot of people or a few people somewhere in the middle. So mm -hmm. I try to take uh, the, the concept, the gist of what I want to say and turn it into my own notes. And my own notes become my presentation, but they look good with animations and stuff. <laughs> so that's usually my, my way of doing this. It's kind of taking my, my brain dump, putting it into, into slides, and then mm. I spend way too much time doing animations and making slides look <laughs> really simple, pretty with emojis, <laughs> more than I rehearse. Uh, but a lot of it is I just talk because I know a lot about uh, app store optimization and about marketing mm. in general. Mm -hmm. And I run a business that does subscriptions. So a lot of it is really fresh in my mind. And I mm -hmm. love interacting with the crowd. So for me, half questions, half presentation is usually pretty normal. I'll take questions as I go through. And that makes it mm -hmm. very, very exciting. Yeah. So that's usually my my process. <laughs> not good. I would not say follow this. Like, don't try this at home. There's probably a better way, but it seems to work for me, and I've been doing this a lot, so I'm happy with it. <laughs> yeah, but there is there is a certain level of comfort when you talk about something that you just know inside and out, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. any kind of curveball question that someone can throw at you, you're excited to answer, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost exactly getting excited mm -hmm. when someone asks you a question you haven't heard before. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that. That is, you can always see that when when a speaker talks about a topic that is something they just spend every every waking hour mm -hmm. of the day mm -hmm. on. <laughs> yeah, I gave a talk a few months ago at Denver at a conference, and as I was saying something about something you should definitely never do, there was a bug in our platform that I had on the screen that did exactly what I said not to do. And in the moment, I was like, this is great. I can now find this is a challenge. How do I fix this? <laughs> And I had to explain why this even exists and then went back and made sure someone fixes it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now I'm intrigued. Do you remember what the one thing you shouldn't do is? Yeah, okay. This should be well. the clickbait yeah, so... title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was something with, um, with a specific kind of repetition inside of a description or inside of a okay. keyword list in App Store Connect. Mm, okay. Something a little bit nuanced, but we uh, we had just we rewrote the entire tool that I was showing on screen, 
and one of our unit tests just didn't work or didn't make it across the border. Yeah. <laughs> and it just did what it wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> so that happens. All right. We have, we have some rapid fire questions to you, uh, for you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm rarely good at those things. So if I totally mess up, let's cut it out of the podcast. We did put rapid fire in air quotes. They don't actually have to be quick <laughs> answers. The, the, the okay. idea is that they will be quick questions. The answers can be elaborate. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll yeah. do my best. It's, not, it's not called rapid fire answers. So, yes. so I guess you're good. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so what is your, what's your favorite iOS app? And it doesn't have to, Ooh. I'm already breaking our rapid fire rule. <laughs> they don't have, it doesn't have to be recent, doesn't have to be out. Like it doesn't have to have been released in the last few weeks. Like it could be the, okay. one of the OG iPhone 2008 apps, <laughs> what, whatever comes to your mind when you think of your favorite iOS app. That makes it super complicated now because now I have all <laughs> these apps in my mind. Um, let's see, let's see. You know, I miss Tweetbot. I really do. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. so I have the Tweetbot. I and I used to use Tweetbot all the time <laughs> in, con, in in conjunction with the Twitter app, and I would do both. And I keep every day I tap the Tweetbot icon at least fifteen <laughs> times. And I immediately I realize that it's not going to work, and I immediately get it out of my. I, I just exit it so it doesn't show me the error with the API. <laughs> and every time I just want to cry a little bit. But. Um, Lately, I've been using the the YouTube Studio app. Really boring, but I've been looking at my stats a lot <laughs> as we're trying different A/B tests and trying to switch yeah. thumbnails and stuff. So, if you look at my history, it's probably one of my most used apps after Safari. All right, that's pretty cool. I I've heard a uh, tip that I tried um, to put an app that you want to encourage using more if you're reading RSS feeds or mm-hmm. you want to get more into note taking and those kind of things put that app in a position that you used to have Tweetbot in and just mm. use your muscle memory to your advantage <laughs> to to push you into an app that you were trying to use more anyways. So you could try that. That is very clever. Yeah. So I, I really want to delete the the icon from my home screen, but I also don't want to delete it because I can't I know, get it anymore. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to have to move it somewhere. And I, yeah. I do like that idea. I'm going to try it. I'll see what happens. My yeah, finger will just goes. naturally gravitate towards there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, what's your um, what's your favorite Mac app then? Mac app, Mac app. Um, I love Bear, the note taking app. Oh, yeah. I yeah. have done an app teardown on it. I think it's the best note taking app out there, and I've mm-hmm. tried all of them. And some people who make note taking apps are going to hate me after saying this, but I, I just love that app. I, it just makes me more productive, and my writing workflow with it is so seamless. I don't even realize <laughs> that I'm using it. I'm not sure how. But that's how that happened. That sounds good. Yeah, that's a good. I gotta check out Bear again. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I check. I I used to I used it for a bit, but then I I keep on going back to the default notes app just because I do like that it's always always there everywhere and uh, like they have some like yeah. consistent organization in it as well. Um, but I should I should go back to Bear. I used oh, to use what? the oh. the Notes app, the built-in. But the problem is that it didn't sync between my laptop and my phone <laughs> very well. And I take okay. a lot of notes, and I write <laughs> a lot of stuff. So I needed something that just worked, and the yeah. Notes app just wasn't it. It might be better now. It's been a few yeah, years so since that's, I last tried it. Yeah, so that's sort of why it, I'm but... using it because I'm like, okay, it's it's on Apple's Apple side. Everything should be synced because it's all integrated with my Apple. <laughs> and the only thing that Apple's known for <laughs> is reliable cloud services. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, maybe I'm fooling myself, but it has it hasn't caused problems for me. Uh, yeah. 
I've I've had to note apps lose every single node I've had in the app once, and there was no mm -hmm. way to recover it. Right, there's no proper nope. backup yeah, mechanism. Yeah, but you were on so beta software. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. really bad. But it's another thing, right? If you use spare, then even if you're on a beta OS, it probably doesn't matter that much. If you're on a beta mm -hmm. OS and you use Apple's apps, you use beta versions of Apple's yeah, apps. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So it's another pitch for for using third-party apps. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Also supporting supporting third party developers is yeah, always which is always, always good. good. Um, yeah. What's your favorite iPhone model ever made? Ooh, that's a tough one. So I've had cool. every single iPhone from uh -huh. one all the way up to now, and ah, it's tough. I, I really love the three GS. I think the three GS is probably not the the bestest of phones if you look at the mm -hmm. entire array for a variety <laughs> of reasons. And mine is very scratched and at this yeah. point not very pretty. But for me, it was what made the iPhone into the iPhone. The first one is iconic. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. it's, everything about it is great. But the second one is what made it the iPhone that it is today, in my opinion. The 3GS is what turned it into a device. Yeah, especially the 3GS. The 3G was mm -hmm. nice, but it was essentially a new case and GPS that you could barely use. Yep. But the 3GS felt blazing fast, right? You could actually yep. use the GPS for, for navigation. You um, could use it. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have your uh, the the common problem with the three G and three GS the crack right next to the thirty pin connector? Is yours cracked? I do or not. Uh, I don't oh, know. I'm very. I take care of my phones. All my phones have no covers, no no anything. So I make sure not to do anything crazy with them. Right. Nice. Mm. Yeah. We already talked a little bit about food items before, but apart from pizza, <laughs> what is your f favorite food item? Oh, easy peasy French fries. Everyone knows this. Okay. <laughs> I started a blog about French fries for a little bit, but it really? didn't really take off. Really? <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was the blog about? Um, I was going to review every possible French fries place that I ever stepped foot in. And I think I did a few <laughs> reviews, but I was working on like a template for how I would do it and a grading system. <laughs> and I engineered it way too much and it just became less fun. So I stopped. <laughs> I should do it though at some point. Now that everyone so, is doing things in real life again, yeah. So I, since you don't have a question, yeah, French it. fries, and what what dip or sauce do you eat with them? Also, what's the best place? What, best fries? What, what place have <laughs> you gotten the best fries at? So three questions, three follow-up questions, <laughs> three follow-up questions. So style, um, I like a few styles, but I like to keep it simple. Double fried is, is usually my go-to. Mm -hmm. It just, it's nice. It's simple. It just worked. Yep. It just works. Uh, I don't do any dipping sauces or anything like that. I don't like okay. sauces on anything in my life. I don't even need ketchup. So mm -hmm. I just eat it as is. That's why the food needs to be delicious because yep. I don't put yep. any, any yep. sort of condiment on it. And then it's like, well, if it's delicious, it's great. If it isn't, I'm not going to drown it in ketchup to make yeah. it edible. Yeah. <laughs> Tolerable. Uh, as far as good places, if you end up in New York City, and you are thinking to yourself, where should I go? I think the best place that I went to that I, I would say is probably closed by now, a place called One Mile House. It was across the street from mm -hmm. our office, and I think now it's something else. So I would not say the fries are good anymore. But the other place that I liked, hopefully it's still there. I haven't been there in years. A bar called Wilfie and L in the village. Okay. And that's pretty decent fries. All right. All right. Now now we're going to have fries with you at, yeah. <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, yeah, they, let's do it. Hear life reviews. <laughs> Have you ever had any fries in Canada? No, I've never been to Canada. All right, fun fact. I found that like 
the one food item that I did not expect to be like amazing in Vancouver is like potato based really? stuff. Like I don't know what to do with the <laughs> potato, but it's so flavors. Like all the potato dishes wow. are so flavorsome. Yeah, really good. Um, I have to drive to Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the rest of Canada. I haven't tried every everywhere, but I know Vancouver and Toronto have really have good fries. Yeah. Um, so last question. Um, mm-hmm. Which is sort of a three fa- three three answer part. Uh, we have a segment called Two Truths and a Lie," um, <laughs> where you tell us two things that are true about you, one one statement that's a lie, and you won't reveal the answer to us. Um, it's up for people to go up to you at the conference and Ooh. talk to you about it and try to figure out uh, which one's the lie. <laughs> I'm terrible at lying, so people will probably pick it off. So I, I need to make it very very believable. Um, <laughs> An easy one is I play guitar. I've been playing for years. I'm not great. All right. Okay. So I mean, if we want to move that aside, I also play piano. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Another another truth or a lie. Um, I dropped out of college. Okay. And I started my first company when I was my first real company, I should say, when I was 16 or 17. All right. Probably towards 17. All right. I like those. Yeah. One of those so is a lie. Play guitar. Only one. Play piano. Dropped out of college and studied first company when you were 17. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to talking to you and figuring out which one. <laughs> so to wrap this up, I want to ask you one thing. Uh, which which is a fa- one of your favorite things that you're that you're currently working on for app figures that you can talk about that uh, people <laughs> should look forward to? Uh, oh, there's so many things that I'm working on right now. Probably one of my favorites that I've been also kind of tweeting about over the last few weeks is Apple Search Ad Intelligence. There is this common sort of theme that I see where developers that were given 100 bucks by Apple to do some Apple search mm-hmm. ads, just <laughs> continuing to pay Apple for search ads without knowing what, ha- what is happening under the hood because of mm-hmm. how the campaigns are set up. So Apple decides what the keywords are in most cases, yeah. and they make mm-hmm. absolutely no sense. And everyone's just throwing money on this, thinking, you know, Apple's taking care of me. And the answer is no, absolutely no. And if you look at the analytics, you're going to understand you have a no conversion. You're not going to get any downloads for your money. You're just Mm -hmm. sending Mm -hmm. your money on fire. But most people don't even know where to look. (laughs) So we're building a product that will show them what is happening and also really what's happening with competitors so you can get some ideas from people who are spending time on doing this and you don't have to invent the wheel or reinvent the wheel every time. So I've been trying to understand what is happening, what are all the major issues, and what are kind of the challenges. And they're way more simple than I even expected. <laughs> so we're trying to build around that and really keep things simple so people get an idea of, okay, if I don't want to burn my money, where should I put the same amount of money into so I get something back? Yeah. And that's something that we'll be launching very soon. I've been saying that's very really soon cool. for the last few months, but it is very soon. <laughs> Looking forward yeah. to that. That sounds yeah, really cool. Yeah, me too. So, where can people find you online? Uh, what's the best place to, to to keep up to date with everything you're doing? Uh, probably Twitter, Ariel McKaylee. Got my whole name just in a mm-hmm. net form. I'm also on YouTube at App Figures, and those are probably the best two places to find me or or see me mm-hmm. or talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We awesome. put all links to you and App Figures in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to Thank meeting you for in person. Me and listening for so long. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Slices. The Deep the Swift Conference is happening in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd, 2023. You can still get tickets and we have links in the show notes. 
Um, in the next episode, we'll be chatting with another amazing speaker. See y'all then. We did it. Yay. <laughs> this was fun. And I had a feeling this would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was really fun. <laughs>